Amen. All right. We, we're talking about unwrapping the gift. This is our third week. And, and um, last week, this talking about the Holy Ghost, talking about the gift that God has given us. This is not about your calling. This is not about your talent. This is about if you have the Holy Ghost inside of you, then you have a gift uh, that God has freely given to you. And I would venture to say that most of us have a little bit of unwrapping to do of that gift, discovering more of what the Holy Ghost wants to do within us. So last week we looked at how the Holy Ghost, we looked at the verse Jesus said, I'm going to send you a comforter, and he said uh, that it teaches you all things, it will be able to teach you all things. And so we talked about how the Holy Ghost has the power to lead us and guide us into all truth. And again, this does not negate all the other verses, uh, because sometimes that's what we like to do, we like to find one verse and then build our uh, doctrine off of it, forgetting all the others. So even though the Holy Ghost can lead me and guide me into all truth, that does not negate all the other verses that talk about the necessity of me being a part of a body, that I need a pastor in my life, that I need, I can't just go out there and say it's just me, myself, and the Holy Ghost. Okay, so while it does have the power to lead us and guide us into all truth, it's important for us to realize that we must still be part of a body. But the challenge to you and I is if it can lead me and guide me into all truth, um, how, how many times do I ask the Holy Ghost for answers or how many times do I look somewhere else outside of that for answers? And again, while we do not believe in humanism, there is that nugget of truth many times within uh, uh, deceptions and the nugget of truth within humanism is that it tells us to look inside of ourselves. While it does not mean the Holy Ghost, I would challenge you if you have the Holy Ghost that if you want to be led and guided into all truth, that you need to look inside yourself because the very spirit of truth dwells within you. And so when I face circumstances, when I come up to situations I don't have the answer for, I'm not sure what to do, then I, I, I don't need uh, to have people on speed dial uh, because I may not be able to get a hold of them. It's not like, um, what's the, it's old now, who wants to be a millionaire? You get your lifeline or something like that, you, you, you pick your lifeline and they get to give you a choice, you read them three answers, should it be A, B, or C, and you hope they give the right answer, no, I have the spirit of truth within me, Amen. and remember we talked about how the old timers might have had it right when they said, you just need to pray through, maybe you just need to get in touch with the Holy Ghost in your situation that you don't know about, because it has the truth and the answers for your life, so it can teach us all things, and it can also bring all things to our remembrance because it is a witness. Remember that uh, the one author that said that the Holy Ghost appears to have a peculiar uh, office or job and that it is a witness. And so we talked about how the Spirit of God can be a witness in your life, how that it reminds you of everything that God has done for you already in your life. And so it builds my faith. The Holy Ghost builds my faith because it testifies to what the Lord has already done in my life. And so when I face a situation, while it may not be exactly the same, I come across a situation I know God answered before, He can answer again. And the Holy Ghost within me reminds me. It can remind me of messages I've heard. It can remind me of words that I've read in Scripture. It can bring things to my remembrance. We talked about situations how you, can't, you, you walk out of church and ten minutes later you can't remember the sermon, but then three weeks later something will pop into your head from the sermon because the Holy Ghost has brought it to your remembrance when you needed it in that moment. So we understand that it can bring to our remembrance things that we have heard, things that are true. And then we also ended talking about how the Holy Ghost has been a witness from the very start of time, how that the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the deep, how that the, the Spirit of God has been present throughout all eternity. And so not just is the Holy Ghost a witness of what God has done in my life, but the Holy Ghost is a witness of everything that God has done. And so when I'm in a circumstance and I don't know what to do, I can receive the strength uh, of Daniel that he felt when he faced the lions because the Holy Ghost was there, was a witness, and can testify to me of what God did in that moment. And so it's not just, it's not just that I get it from my life, but the Holy Ghost is a witness to everything that God has done. And so, bearing that in mind, I know that I can make it through when I get in a situation. And the Holy Ghost is a testimony to me within myself. And so it's not just about uh, sit down and just try and, and positive uh, mental image your way out of a situation. No, I have the Holy Ghost inside of me that can remind me of all that God has done. And it builds and encourages my faith. 
In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, we're going to move on this week. And again, a lot of these verses are very familiar verses, but I feel that there's things in them that we can unwrap. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 may be the most famous verse about the Holy Ghost. It says, But ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And this week we're going to be looking at some of the power that the Holy Ghost gives us and what that entails in our life. In fact, we're actually going to be looking at your fashion sense. Turn and look at your neighbor and uh, just ask your wife, is, is this what I was supposed to wear today? No. <laughs> you know, I never understood this thing about my mom and dad because uh, my mom always laid out my dad's clothes and he just wore them. The thing is, like if it was me, well, the thing is he's colorblind. He's colorblind, that's why she does it. I mean, how can you not just play on that every single day? He has no clue if he's wearing green or brown or whatever it is. He's colorblind. Man, that's like a, that's a great thing. If your spouse was colorblind, you had to pick out their clothes? That'd be wonderful. No, the joke that never ends. <laughs> I don't know. They just have such great relationship, I guess. There's such trust. Well, we're going to be talking about fashion sense. How many of you have ever seen a picture of yourself when you're younger and you think, man, what in the world? In fact, the trendier, trendier you are, the more ridiculous you'll look in 30 years, I guess. And the crazy thing is, is, is uh, you know, 10, 15, 20 years from now, you're going to look back at yourself now and think, what was I thinking? Isn't that crazy? But anyway, no, it's not really crazy. It's just, well. <laughs> but we're going to be looking at, at the... At, the power that comes with the Holy Ghost that Acts chapter 1 verse 8 tells us. And I think it's important for us to see that there's there, how the power is given to us in Scripture. Because there's a difference, first of all. We find in Luke chapter 9, we find that uh, Jesus sent out his disciples. He was still here on earth. He sent out his disciples to perform miracles and to cast out devils. In Luke chapter 9, verse 1, it says, Then he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. Now, this power that was given to them is the same power that was spoken of in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It's the word dunamis. We get the word dynamite. Uh, that's the same power that was given to them. Acts 1, 8 and Luke 9, 1 are the same. That's the same word that's used there. However, we see that the disciples were given power, and this is where it becomes a little bit different, is how the power was given to them. And I'm not necessarily sure that it was just a temporary bestowing of power that Jesus gave them, but we do get that idea that it wasn't a, a, a complete uh, uh, baptism, if you would, of that power. It wasn't a complete immersion of that power because we see that he sent them out, he gave them that, and while they could continue to do miracles, we don't see that that continued on. It was different how they received the power. In Luke chapter 24 and verse 49, it says, this is later on in Luke, he says, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. So these are the same people that he's talking to. These disciples have experienced the power of God. However, they are told to wait so they can be endued with the power of God. And there's a difference here. The word endued here, it means to be clothed with. Wait in Jerusalem until you're clothed with the power from on high. Now, this is a little bit different than Luke chapter 9, verse 1. Again, I'm not sure if this is necessarily that Jesus gave them power for just a short span of time, and then when that time ran out at midnight, they all turned back into regular people. I don't know exactly what happened there. But it's definitely different than they were not endued with power at that moment. And we know that they were not filled with the Holy Ghost in Luke chapter 9. They were just given authority and power, uh, whether it was for a span of time or just to do certain acts. So we have this idea of a temporary release of power. Yet in Luke 24, we get the idea that we will be clothed with power. That this is something that's going to encapsulate everything about us. That it, like clothing, it's going to wrap us about completely. Romans chapter 13 and verse 14 continues this idea, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. That, that phrase, put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, is the same word. Be endued 
with the Lord Jesus Christ. Put on the Lord as you would some clothing. Put some, put some clothes on. How about that? Your fashion sense. I'm glad everyone is clothed. I'm not sure if we're all in our right mind, but at least we are clothed this morning. That's good. I want us to understand, though, as well, that, that, that there's a necessity for us not just to, because in the Old Testament, uh, there, there was people that were moved on by the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost moved through them. There was different things, and there's some people that argue that people in the Old Testament had the Holy Ghost. They did not, but the Holy Ghost did move, and it did empower people. But I want us to understand that there's a difference between the Holy Ghost simply using us for, for a circumstance or for a moment and having the Holy Ghost being endued with the power. Now, how many of you, uh, I didn't really mean to get into this, but how many of you are confused sometimes by people that do not have truth and yet it seems that miracles and things seem to happen? Anyone ever confused by that and you wonder? Because you think, surely it can't all be fake, Right? Because some of the stuff kind of looks a little bit real. And they can't all be imposters, right? It can't all be plants in the audience. There's got to be some people that are actually healed. There's got to be some things that are actually true. Well, see, that, that, that is possible because there is a difference between the Holy Ghost working through a person for a moment in time because of the person's faith that's being prayed for, whatever it is. There's a difference between that and being endued with power. There's a big difference. I want you to understand that. Just because somebody performs a miracle and doesn't believe in truth does not validate what is taking place in their life. Okay, we have to understand that. You and I are not just... The, 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 uh, the largeness of what has been given to us and the fact that we are endued, that we have that power with us continually enough, uh, continually all the time. I want us to understand, too, that you cannot simply just be like Jesus. You cannot just be like Jesus. You can't wake up in the morning and say, today I'm going to be like Jesus. Now, you can, you can try to be moral and make the right choices. You can try not lie. You can try not cheat. You can try to be a good person. But you cannot be like Jesus by yourself. You cannot be spiritual enough on your own. And so I want us to understand that it's important for us. This is why you and I must be endued with the power of the Holy Ghost. We can't simply just be content with, with having a momentary move of the Holy Ghost. We can't be content with just a random miracle taking place every so often. No, I must be endued. I must be clothed with the Holy Ghost because there's no way for me to be like Jesus unless I am endued with the power that I need to be like him. Acts chapter 8 and verse 19 says, saying, this is when the... Uh, uh, this, uh, Peter and, and some of the apostles go to Samaria and they meet, they're, they're praying for people and they're getting the Holy Ghost and there's this guy there and he says, give me also this power that on whomsoever I lay hands he may receive the Holy Ghost. This guy wanted to buy the Holy Ghost. He wanted to buy the Holy Ghost. And Peter says, you know, this is, this is not for sale. This is a, he rebukes him and all this kind of stuff. But what we get from this verse is that this guy is asking the same thing that happened to the disciples in Luke chapter 9. That he thought it was just something that you could obtain, that you could move in and out of. Something that could be purchased for a price and you could use it when you wanted. No, that's not the case. For me to be completely full of the Holy Ghost is to be completely wrapped up in the Holy Ghost. For me to be endued with power on, on high is not something that I can move in and out of. It needs to become who I am. And, and he said, no, you can't do that. That's not how the Holy Ghost works. The Holy Ghost has to have all of you. The Holy Ghost, it's not something that can be purchased. It's not something that you can move in and out of. He was looking for an ability he saw the things that the Holy Ghost did, the miracles that it did, and he was looking for this ability. But the only way that you can put on the Lord Jesus Christ is through the Spirit of God, through the Holy Ghost, which is a gift that must be given that cannot be purchased at all. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 24 continues the idea that Paul has been writing about, that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. The only way for me to be righteous and the only way for me to be holy is through the Holy Ghost, which is part of the new birth experience, the new man that I put on. That's part of the new birth experience. And that I cannot experience true righteousness and true holiness without the power of God, the Holy Ghost in my life. Now understand that. If someone is a... Th this is where the lines become, we like to blur them in our mind a little bit. Because what about all the good people? What about all the people that are good? 
Are you telling me that, here comes Mother Teresa and everybody else, are you telling me that with all the good that they've done, well, I'll tell you this, first of all, I'm not the judge, so I can't judge Mother Teresa. Sorry. If you wanted me to, too bad. If you didn't want me to, well, there you go. So the Lord's going to decide. Thank God he has to decide all that stuff and not me. But I do know that I cannot be holy, I cannot be righteous without putting on a new man. And part of putting on the new man is receiving the Holy Ghost, being endued with power. It doesn't mean that I just have a few random experiences. No, I must be endued with the power of the Holy Ghost. Otherwise, I'm just a good person. I'm just a moral person. And if morals take me to heaven, then I don't need the Holy Ghost. The only way to be righteous and holy is through the Holy Ghost. Colossians chapter 3 verses 9 and 10 says, Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. The new man is renewed in knowledge, and the Holy Ghost is what renews me in my life. I cannot be renewed without the Holy Ghost. I cannot be renewed in my knowledge without the Holy Ghost because it's the Holy Ghost that leads me and guides me into all truth. And so I can't have my mind transformed, I can't have my knowledge transformed, I can't have the way I think transformed without the power of the Holy Ghost. It is the Holy Ghost which allows me to conform to His image. It's the Holy Ghost. It's not a bunch of rules, it's not a bunch of regulations, it's not my goodness, it's none of that. It is only by the power of the Holy Ghost that I can conform to His image. You know, well... In the last days, it says there's going to be uh, a form of godliness, but it denies the power thereof. I, <laughs> I keep not wanting to get on this, and I keep getting on it. Maybe it is. But having a form of godliness is what a lot of people have. And a form of godliness, they're a good person, they're a moral person, they do things right. You know what? That, they don't have the power. I cannot conform to His image without the Holy Ghost. What, what, why do I need the Holy Ghost? What is the necessity of it? I can't be like Jesus without it. That's, that's the plain and simple truth. It's necessary for my new birth experience, for me to, uh, to enter into the kingdom of heaven. But then also, I cannot be like Jesus without it. If it was something that I could do without the Holy Ghost, then I wouldn't need the Holy Ghost to be like Him. I could just do it all by myself. We also find that Paul talks about putting on something else. He talks, so, so we, we're to put on the Holy Ghost like a garment, that we're supposed to put it on, that this is something that, that surrounds us, that it's our fashion sense, if you will. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 53, it also tells us this, for it, this corruptible must be must put on incorruption or be endued the same word and this mortal must put on immortality or must be endued that's the same word that's used there and we understand that the holy ghost is a down payment upon eternity we understand that it's just a portion of what's waiting for you and i in heaven so what it felt like to receive the Holy Ghost, what it feels like to walk in the Holy Ghost, what it feels like to experience the power of the Holy Ghost is just a portion of what I'm going to feel someday when I become clothed with immortality. There's this connection that can be made because when I speak, when I, when I, I walk in the Holy Ghost, when the Holy Ghost is leading me and guiding me, I'm walking in something supernatural. I'm walking in something that's not of this world. When I speak in tongues, that's not something that is natural. That is supernatural. It's like a down payment. And so imagine that day when we actually put on incorruption, when we actually put on immortality. We're going to already have had a taste of it in our own life because of the Holy Ghost. But I'm partaking, I need to understand that I'm partaking of something supernatural. That this being endued with the power, I'm partaking of the supernatural in my life. It's supernatural knowledge. The, the, the way my mind should operate should be in a supernatural sense. The, the way that I think should be in a supernatural way. The way that I respond should be something supernatural in my life. Because I'm endued with that power. You and I are clothed by the Holy Ghost this morning. If you have the Holy Ghost in you, you are clothed with the Holy Ghost. When you enter some place, people notice how you're dressed. Huh. Maybe you don't care how people dress. 
I saw this, uh, this is a great story. It was from the newspaper, I may have told it before. Uh, but it was, uh, it was in some town where uh, the, the Walmart was, uh, what was it, the Walmart or the Dollar King or something like that. It wasn't a Dollar Tree or something like that. But it was, uh, yeah, the, the Dollar King was closing down, that's what it was. The Dollar King was closing down and there was an interview with the lady and she was upset because now she liked going to the Dollar King because you didn't have to dress up like when you went to Walmart. And you've seen people in Walmart, so you can only imagine what they look like in the what, whatever it was. But people notice how you're dressed. And I've preached a message on it before. Don't forget what you're wearing. But you are wearing, you are encompassed by the power of God. You are endued with power. Think about that for a minute. Wherever you go, you have power that surrounds you, just like clothing. You have the power of healing. You have the power of deliverance. In fact, Scripture tells us that same power that raised Jesus from the dead is clothing you right now. Now, how many of you read that story about when Jesus was resurrected and every Easter, you know, you hear about it and the stone was rolled away and if you're a Carmen fan, it bounced a time or two. And then the angel stepped inside and said, I'm Gabriel, who are you? Right? But you, you've got that, man, that's going way back now. <laughs> but you've got, that, you've got the angels, you've got the light, you've got the soldiers. You're like, man, what, what, have you ever thought what that would have been like just to, to witness that? What an amazing thing. See, I, I think that's where we, we have failed to unwrap the gift of the Holy Ghost. Because when I read the Bible, I'm like, man, these stories, the things in them, I wish I could have just seen. It would have been amazing to feel that. It would have been fantastic. That same power... Is clothing you today. As wonderful as it would have been to see the resurrection, that same power that resurrected Jesus is with you today. And we talked about it before, how the angels, they desire what we have today. They're looking down, wishing they could have what we have. And it challenges me when I think about that, that heaven's looking down on me, wishing they could have what I have, and yet I can just sit, I can just be complacent, I can get apathetic in my walk with God, and I have the very same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead surrounding me every single day. How should that change how I walk? How should that change when I enter into a place? How should that change when I enter a situation? Because within myself, I have the power, because of the Holy Ghost, I have the power to, to bring healing to a situation. I have the power to bring deliverance to a situation. And understand that fact, that that is what you have if you have the Holy Ghost. Not if you have a position, a title, if you've been in church forever long. Remember last week we talked about Peter and man, what a message he preached and he's quoting from the Old Testament and drawing parallels and then they ask him, they say, what must we do to be saved? And he lays out the plan of salvation. How long has he been saved? Talk about a new convert. It doesn't matter how long you've been in church or how much you know, if you've got the Holy Ghost, that power is within you. We need to understand that. So you know what, when I'm sick, I know scripture says to call on the elders to pray for you, but it might be all right just to slap, some, slap myself in the face and just pray for myself. Because there's no, more, there's no more or less power present if I've got the Holy Ghost. In Acts 1.8, Luke tells us the words of Jesus that we will receive power and the Holy Ghost. And, and we've looked at how the Holy Ghost clothes us, how we are endued with this power, but what is that power really? Some feel that the power that's spoken of is something separate, that there's the Holy Ghost and there's power. We know that the word power is that word dunamis, which we get the word dynamite from. It's an explosive power. It's something that is transforming power. But we do see that the words of Jesus tie this Holy Ghost experience with becoming a witness. Again, some people have a difference of opinion about whether the power it's the power that, that, that we receive that makes us a witness or whether just because we've got the Holy Ghost makes me want to witness. However, we do know that there is a connection between the Holy Ghost is spoken of and becoming a witness. We receive power to become witnesses. Now, I don't know about you, but in my mind, maybe not in your mind, when I think of becoming a witness and going into Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the other most parts of the earth, I begin immediately to think of boldness. I begin to think of 
big things. Uh, that's, that's part of my problem. I, like, I do like secrets and I like big surprises. Not to get them, but to give them. Like, I like it to be a big thing. But because it's a big thing, it takes a long time to plan out. And you've got to be just right. And it's just, it's so much work. So then just forget it. I don't, again, I don't like receiving big surprises. I like giving big surprises. I've had to work at that, you know. Because <laughs> in my mind, I think one, one huge, like, this year we're going to go on a date. And it's going to be like this huge, big thing. And we're going to have, like, there's going to be bands, and we're going to go here, and then fly here afterwards, and then it just all this stuff. When really it might just be better, like, once a month to just go out on a date, just to Chuck's or something like that. <laughs> so I have, to, I have to work on that. Just get a tin bag and go to the reservoir and sit out there. That's a date right there. You don't even need your wife for that. <laughs> uh. But in my mind, when I think about that verse, Acts 1.8, it's power, we've got dunamis, we've got dynamite, we've got explosion, we've got all this stuff and witnesses. I think of this big stuff. I think of like, okay, now I've got the Holy Ghost, I need to go up to the courthouse every day and get me a soapbox and start preaching on the corner and yelling at cars and just... I. That's, what, that's in my mind. When I, when I think, the first, that's the stuff that starts coming to my head. Like, let's go rent a stadium now. Let's, let's like, big, like, witness, like, the world in one shot. That's what I think. I, I don't know if you think that, but that's when I hear that verse because it's dynamite power. It's explosive. It's, it's like you blow something up and there's stuff going everywhere. We, it, 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 <laughs> and not most of us end up doing that, really. And, and we know that in Acts chapter 4, that the disciples, they had a prayer meeting. They, they'd been brought before the council, and they were commanded to not speak anymore about Jesus. And they had a prayer meeting. It says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak the word of God with boldness. And then that backs it up. But actually, they prayed for boldness, and they received it. They actually asked for boldness, and that's why they got boldness. So I'm not saying that boldness is not a part of this witness thing. I'm not saying that at all. But I think there's a little bit more to it perhaps that we could unwrap than simply uh, getting on fire for the Lord and walking in the lunchroom at school and standing up on the table at lunchtime and proclaiming the name of Jesus. I mean, that's what I always thought I had to do as a young person. Never did it. I just went and got a cheese roll and ran outside to play soccer. I always forgot about staying on the table and mentioning Jesus. But this is what we think of, or at least I think of many times when I think about the Holy Ghost and being a witness in this verse. Grand acts of standing up for truth. Big moments where all the world knows. I begin to think of Stephen's testimony as people stood there gnashing their teeth and they're all watching him. Of course, I forget that they did stone him and he died. Or we think of, Peter, of Paul on Mars Hill as he went up before all the philosophers of the day. Every, every renowned philosopher was there and he began to expound and tell the, the then known intellects of the world about who Jesus was. Forgetting that he got severely depressed after that because no one really cared. I do agree again that boldness is a part of being a witness and that my words are a part of being a witness. But I think we forget what the book is even called where Acts chapter 1-8 is recorded. It's recorded in the Acts of the Apostles. Not the words of the apostles. Because you see, in my mind, when I think of witness, I think of me speaking. I think I need to go knock a bunch of doors and tell people about Jesus. And while speaking is a part of my witness, it's written in the acts of the apostles. But what if I receive power so that not only my words, but that my actions become a witness? Now, I know you've heard this before, that how we live our life is important. But what if the power I receive is also about my actions making me a witness. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5 say, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And then in 1 Corinthians 4, 20, it says, For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. This is the same word. 
I wonder what would happen if I quit being so concerned about what I should say to people and instead started looking for the opportunities where the Spirit could do something in a person. See, because it's very interesting in the book of Acts when you begin to look at many moves of the Spirit where people were uh, throng, uh, throngs of people gathered and they heard about uh, the power of God and, and, and the gospel. Very often it followed a miracle where the Spirit did something in somebody's life. And it was the miracle that was the testimony, not the disciples' words that started it. It's very interesting to notice. In my mind, I'm thinking I need to go tell people, but what if the Spirit actually flowed through me and began to do stuff in people's lives? What if I allowed the power of God that dwells within me, that I am endued with, that I walk into a room and it should be evident to people, what if all of a sudden it began to perform actions through me and people's lives were changed? See, here's, here's the funny thing. I think I'm the testimony, and again, while my testimony is important, while my words are important, maybe that sinner's testimony could be even more important. The point of this power and action is so that people would have faith in God and not men. That was the point of it. Meaning that this was something supernatural. There was an external demonstration of what was within the apostles. There was something external that was taking place uh, that Paul just didn't talk about it, but something externally was demonstrated. He was, he was clothed in the power. He was endued with the power of God, and it demonstrated itself through him also. So I begin to ask myself, well, when was the last time I witnessed? Well, when was the last time the Spirit of God flowed through me? Sometimes we're dumb about this stuff. I'm dumb about it. I, sometimes I'm so blind. How many of you pray, you know, Lord, show me an opportunity today. And then like later that day, you're like, man, that was, that, I really missed that. Couldn't get more obvious. I mean, it happened to me not that long ago. You know, I'm thinking, well, you know, God, God can do miracles. He can do anything. And, and, and an opportunity came when I could have said something and prayed for somebody right there. And like, we were fixing my mower. Like that wasn't the time. My mind was on my mower. And then I, 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 right away, I'm like, you idiot. Like, it's right there. I think it's important for us to realize that the power of God is with us all the time. It's not just in service. It's not just when the, the songs are right. It's, no, if I am clothed with the Holy Ghost, the power is with me all the time. What would happen if the Holy Ghost became a demonstration that poured out of our lives through our actions? Instead of looking for an opportunity to say something to someone, what if it simply became a demonstration to people? The power to be a witness. I, I don't think we're witnesses simply because of boldness. I don't think that's it. I don't think boldness is, is, is all the key there is to it. I believe that we are witnesses because of how we live, how I live my life. Not only because the Holy Ghost demonstrates itself through us in terms of supernatural things, in terms of a miracle or something like that, because there's an opportunity to pray for somebody and we pray for them in the Lord. I don't think it's only because of that. Because I think it helps us also in seemingly unsupernatural ways. And this is where I think perhaps a layer of wrapping needs to come off the Holy Ghost. I'm talking more about how we live our lives, how we respond as well. You see, because I think the Holy Ghost gives me power to respond the way I need to, which is no less a supernatural act than any other visible miracle, and I believe that's my witness too. Sometimes it was a greater miracle that I kept my mouth shut than if the lame man would have got up and walked. Know what I'm talking about? <laughs> it was more a miracle that I kept that piece of my mind. You see, because I believe that how I come through things with the Holy Ghost is a witness. I don't think of that as miraculous. I don't necessarily think of that as, as a witness. But I think how I come through things with the Holy Ghost can be a powerful witness. Luke chapter 4 verse 1 says, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, a place where nobody wants to go, the wilderness you had a tough time, a trial, a circumstance, a situation that wasn't good, that wasn't great, and he was led there by the Holy Ghost. Luke chapter 4, verse 14, we don't have time to go into the Holy Ghost leading into the wilderness, but it says, and Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him throughout all the region round about. 
He returned in the dunamis of the Spirit, the power of the Spirit. The same thing that you and I have is how Jesus came out of the wilderness. Jesus entered the wilderness full of the Holy Ghost, but he left in the power of the Holy Ghost after he had walked through temptation. And after he'd walked through temptation, we find that his fame began to spread. After he had come through something with the Holy Ghost, suddenly people began to notice. Now, I don't know if Jesus was really any different. He was full of the Holy Ghost. Now he had the power of the Holy Ghost. We could probably parse words there. But if you're full of the Holy Ghost, I'd say you probably have the power of the Holy Ghost too. What was different about it? He'd come through something with the Holy Ghost. And people saw a difference. You know, I think I could make it through stuff on my own sometimes. And I understand that this is a cooperative effort with the Lord. That I can't just sit back and say, Lord, just take care of everything. I'm just going to sit here on the couch and eat Cheetos. Actually, yesterday, I ate chocolate cookies and jalapeno chips most of the day. Feeling it today. It did. I understand this is a cooperative effort. But I cannot forget either that without the Holy Ghost, without His help, it's just me trying to be good. Just trying to be a good person through every situation, which is never good enough. I'm not talking about how your life becomes a witness through the power of the Holy Ghost. This is about when we enter those wilderness situations. When I'm led into the wilderness, when I find myself in the wilderness, and yet the power of the Holy Ghost inside of me is still operating. You see, there was something, I, I, I know that this is written in hindsight, so look, Luke looks, that was, that was a little, Luke looks back, and, and so he knows kind of what's happened. But it would seem to me, the way this is written, that there was almost a visible difference in who Jesus was. That others saw the difference in him, because suddenly his fame began to spread. He bore witness to the power of the Holy Ghost, and he had done it in the wilderness. It was in those moments, in those wilderness moments, that even you and I, we need the Holy Ghost to do something supernatural within us, which allows us to continue to be a witness through the darkest and most trying of times in our life. You see, because it's in those moments that the world actually sees who we are. It's in our darkest times that the world sees who we are. Romans chapter 15 verse 13 says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope. How? Through the power of the Holy Ghost. You see, the power of the Holy Ghost, and I believe this is entailed in Acts chapter 1-8, the power of the Holy Ghost fills me with joy, peace, and it makes me abound. How, how does it do this? It's the same power that's mentioned in Acts chapter 1, that's mentioned in Romans 15, that I receive a dynamite power. And while I'm thinking it means to get on the street corner and preach, it just means I'll have joy, peace, and hope in the middle of every situation. And it's not just a, a joy that I conjure up, it's something supernatural. And if I would allow it to work, suddenly the rest of Acts 1-8 would be fulfilled. I would become a witness if I would let the Holy Ghost work in the middle of my situation. You see, that's my witness. It allows me to stand in the face of situations. It allows me to stand in the face of people that otherwise would take me down, that would take me out. You see, God is not asking you to stand in the face of any situation or any person alone. John chapter 14, verse 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. This is the verse preceding, uh, the verse preceding is the one we used last week, that the Lord's going to send a comforter, and, and then he says, my peace I leave with you. This is not something that the world can give. He knew that you and I would face difficult and trying times, that, that honestly would take you past your own peace. Like there's people in this room that really, you should, you should be nuts. The stuff you face, you should just be nuts. You've been stressed to the point of breaking. You should be depressed right now. I mean, there's millions upon millions of people on medication. You should be one of them on depression pills. You should be hopeless. You should be. Because you got to a point that was past anything you could do. And you know what? He told us in John chapter 14, I know those moments are going to come. When you will lose hope. 
When your peace will be gone, it will be shattered. When your joy will be gone. So I'm going to do something. I'm going to send the Comforter. I'm going to send the Holy Ghost. And it's going to come with power. It's going to clothe you with power. And he sent us that so that when I walk in a situation and my hope is suddenly shattered, I can remember what's on me, that the power, the hope is still there, that peace is still around me, that joy is still there. And it picks up where I dropped my hope. And it says, you know what? Your hope may be gone, but you've got power to have hope in this situation. Your joy may be shattered, but I've got joy unspeakable and full of glory. Your peace may be gone, but you know what? I have peace that passes all understanding. And see, that's my witness. That's my witness that I'm not on pills. That I don't need anything. And the world says, how do you make it through? And I say, I don't know. I can't make it through. But I looked within. I found the power of the Holy Ghost. And I stand here today. What a greater witness could there be than that? It's not anything that is natural or that this world can offer. Remember, it's supernatural. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8, and, says, God is, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work, may have all sufficiency in all things. That means when I walk in the Holy Ghost, when I walk with the Lord, I'm going to have sufficiency in all things. That means I'll have enough. That means I'll have enough. Just think of all the situations when you thought, I can't take it anymore. I don't have enough to make it through. Aren't you glad? His grace has enough for you. It has all sufficiency. So I don't know how I'm going to make it through. That's all right. I've got the Holy Ghost. And it'll make up the difference in my life. You see, it allows, and the Holy Ghost allows me to respond in ways that the natural man cannot understand. The natural man thinks is foolish. And we read this verse the other week, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 12 to 14. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which, with, uh, which man's wisdom teacheth, but, with the Holy, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. The world doesn't understand how I can tolerate some people. Have you ever been hurt by someone before? I won't ask you if you forgave them. You've been hurt by someone before. And people have told you, you know what I'd do? Man, I'd wash my hands of them. I'd walk away. And how many of you, that's what you want to do? Yeah? My natural man says that. And you know what? I forgive them. You know what my natural man says? That was dumb. You know what people say? That was dumb. They can't understand it. Why? Because something, understand this, that was not you, that was something supernatural. They, they won't understand how you can forgive someone. They won't understand how in the middle of a situation you can have joy, that you can have peace. Why? Because it's supernatural. They're going to think you're dumb. It says that, they'll think you're foolish. Now, now, now think about this then, and this challenges me. If the world agrees with, or at least doesn't disagree with the way I operate, something's wrong. <laughs> if the world agrees with how I treat everyone at work, I might have an issue. If the world, I got family situations, I'm not saying I have family situations. Mom, dad, if you listen, I'm not saying I have family situations. I got family situations going on. People tell me, you know what, I'd disinherit, I'd do whatever. If the world agrees with how I'm treating my family, I might have an issue. Because there's going to come moments, and you know there's going to come moments, when it's going to take something supernatural because you're endued with power, it's going to take some of that power to make it through that situation. And the world's going to think you're an idiot for doing it. And you know what, they won't understand it. And it doesn't matter how you try to, you can't explain it. You know what, I don't even know if within yourself you can explain it. You've been in those situations where you're like, I can't explain it, but I just feel a peace. I can't explain it, but I know things are bad, but I just feel a joy. 
Yeah, you can't explain it because it's supernatural and your natural man cannot understand it. That is the Holy, that's the power of the Holy Ghost. But you know what? It's in those moments when the world thinks you, you're dumb that that's when the witness actually begins. That you're going to be pow- you're going to have power to be my witnesses. When did the world begin to notice? It began to notice the witness when persecution hit. And it thought, this is the time. This is when it's all going to be stomped out. And when the trials hit, when troubles hit, when people are being killed, when people are being moved from, from one place, the refugee crisis that happened, and they're going from place, they've got no money, they don't know anybody there, and they're still serving God somehow. We know how the somehow is. It was by the power of the Holy Ghost. Suddenly then, people begin to notice there's a witness there. There's something happening in that person that's different. You see, I know we know we're supposed to live our life the right way. I know we're supposed to be good people. I, I, I know we understand all that stuff. But understanding what the Holy Ghost can do for you and I to be a witness in those situations. How, how can I forgive that person? How can I have peace in that situation? How, do, do you just not care? How can you not be stressed about this? How are you able to be happy in the middle of this? How can you even look at that person anymore? Why are you not more angry about this? what has happened? You should be upset about this. Well, maybe I should, but my Holy Ghost isn't. You see, that's my witness. When I can stand up to someone that my natural man is just... When I'm in the middle of a situation, when I, I, you just want to throw in the towel and say, forget it. I'm done. See, that's when I need the Holy Ghost, and that's the power that I have within me. I know I don't do this by myself, because you know what? <laughs> that, that's, that's the greatest thing I, I, I couldn't find the resources within myself For every person that's ever going to treat you bad Or say anything bad Or every circumstance that life's going to throw you Just to find it within yourself Just to pull yourself through But that's the great thing about it Is I don't have to do that I don't have to love people by myself Aren't you glad you don't have to love me all by yourself? Imagine how hard that would be I don't have to forgive people on my own. I have the power of the Holy Ghost within me. I don't have to search for an inner peace and go to yoga classes six times a week to find inner harmony. No, I have peace through the Holy Ghost. I don't have to just fake happiness and hopefully I'll just fake it till I make it. No, I can have joy in the middle of every circumstance. I have the power of the Holy Ghost to be a witness through everything and in spite of every situation. So I would challenge you when we talk about the power to be a witness. If the Lord tells you to go preach in front of the courthouse, go do it. You should lead where the Spirit leads. You should do what the Spirit tells you to do. But in the meantime, in between those times, why don't you just realize that the power you have is to live life every day. To face the situations every single day. And understand that there's something supernatural. When you wake up in the morning, you're surrounded by the supernatural. And I'm not talking about, yes, you can go pray for someone and they can be healed. But you might need the, the, the supernatural to forgive someone today. You might need the supernatural. <laughs> we saw a road rage the other day. People getting out of their cars. Yeah. You know, Cooper rolled down his window to here. <laughs> you might need the Holy Ghost just to stop having road rage one day. But understand, this is how I can have the confidence and assurance in the face of everything and anything in my life. Because that word power kind of has an expanded threefold meaning. It's got the dynamite thing, but this is the meaning. It speaks specifically of the power and influence which belong to riches and wealth. Ever seen someone who really has money? Or how about you ever been in a store that you know is for rich people? How'd you know it was for rich people? Yep. How do you know it's a store for rich people? No. 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 There is no price tag. One of those stores. Where you walk in and if you have to ask the price, you don't need to be in here. That's, that's Dollar King right there. <laughs> But the power and influence, this is the power that you have surrounding you today. The power and influence which belongs to riches and wealth. You don't have to worry about stuff. you got people that pay your bills. You're going to have to worry what your bills were. It also means the power and resources arising from numbers. Yeah, you and whose army? 
power of numbers. And in fact, the last thing is the power consisting in or resting upon armies, forces, or hosts. So let me tell you today that you sit here today, whatever your circumstances, if you have the Holy Ghost sitting, surrounding you right at this minute is the power and influence which belongs to riches and wealth. You know what? If it's financial, you know what? He owns the cow on a thousand hills. And you know what? You may, well, I'm not rolling in money. No, but it's enough. Sitting around you today are the power and resources arising from numbers. You remember the story about Elisha and his servant? And his servant said, I don't see anyone. And his eyes were opened. His servant's eyes were opened. And he saw chariots and horses all around. You know what? Maybe your eyes need open in the middle of a situation because you have, uh, you have resources arising from numbers and you have the power consisting in or resting upon armies, forces, or hosts. You have the king of kings on your side. You have the lord of hosts upon your side. He's not just, a, he's the Lord of all hosts. You have him sitting around, that power is around you today. So no matter what you're facing, no matter what, what circumstance is coming your way, I challenge you today to be a witness and let the power of God work in your situation. Let the power of God flow through you and do what you can't do. I know it may be tough to do whatever it is the situation is calling for, but you have all of this power surrounding you today. Amen. And I enter every situation I enter every confrontation with a person, whether it's at work or wherever it is, or at school, or, or no matter what is thrown my way, I enter every situation with this knowledge. If I have the Holy Ghost, I have this power inside of me. It's not just power so I can get up and preach on the street corner. No, it's power in every circumstance that surrounds me as we stand this morning. I'm thankful for the Holy Ghost. It can give me power. You know what? If the Spirit tells me to go walk in Salem Hospital and start praying for people, the, the, the Holy Ghost can heal them. It can heal them all. I'm not doubting that whatsoever. But you know what? I might just have to forgive someone today too, and it has the power to help me do that as well. It has the power that I can love every day. And you know what? That's going to be just as great a witness in my life. I want us to pray this morning that the Lord would help us to unwrap this part of the, uh, of the gift in our life, the power that the Holy Ghost should have in my life every day. Lord Jesus, we come before you. Lord, we're so thankful for your spirit. We're so thankful for the power.